Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Kevin McCarty, President of Tampa Cardiac Specialists and CEO of Fast Pathways. Dr. McCarty, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in the field of cardiac care and heart surgery, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? I'd be happy to. I'm a practicing cardiologist and co-founder of the health tech startup company. I'm also affiliated with Daycare Health Systems here in Tampa, Florida, as well as University of South Florida. I've served a variety of different roles in, in healthcare, ranging from acting as a board member for our first integrated physician network. That's about 10 years old now. And I've also participated as a service line chief and more recently faculty at an ambulatory surgical center association discussing how facilities can leverage technology. So I've had sort of experience as a practicing physician and then some leadership roles within healthcare systems and more recently in the outpatient sector, which I'm, I'm thrilled to talk to you more about as, as we are starting to see more and more procedures move to the outpatient market. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. There's so much that can be done less evasively and in the outpatient setting. It's an exciting time really for that kind of uh, innovation. So I'd love to hear from mm -hmm. your perspective. Yeah, a little bit more about that. You know, what you really see is uh, moving outpatient um, and the technology behind it. And then, you know, any other opportunities you're you're seeing in the cardiology space? Yeah, I think it is an interesting time. I, I think that Healthcare systems have been so focused on mastering the inpatient market. And there's two factors that are really driving procedures to outpatient facilities. Number one is the healthcare consumer, our patients, are becoming better advocates for their care and, and they're looking for a better experience. So they want efficiency in the delivery of healthcare, and that could be best accomplished in the ambulatory surgical center model because there's less bureaucracy and steps leading from registration to actually getting care and then leaving the facility. The second aspect that's driving care out of inpatient facilities is the insurance carriers. They identify that doing the same procedure can be done much more cost effectively in ambulatory surgical centers. And so that's also driving the market out of the inpatient space. Got it. That makes sense. And that's fascinating to hear. I know, you know, it's uh, been a long time in coming in terms of the payers really seeing the value of the outpatient mm -hmm. ambulatory surgery centers. Have you been seeing that in cardiology in particular, or is it kind of a slow start starting to make that migration and make that kind of change in direction? I think, Laura, that that growth has become exponential from what I see. I think the outpatient market in cardiology is... Um, is something that really the the efflux of procedures really fell behind the creation of outpatient CPT codes. Once the reimbursement was there, I think it really spurred a lot of practices to create their invest and create their own facilities to perform procedures 
in their practice owned spaces. And unfortunately for the healthcare systems, they saw a great loss of, of those procedures being performed regularly in inpatient um, um, facilities. So I, I think, and, and we'll talk about this as well, I, I think one of the strategies that I've seen with healthcare systems is, is reclaiming some of that loss by either creating JVs with, with um, private practices or creating outpatient spaces to kind of reclaim the same pleasant atmosphere that, that patients love and um, the, the reimbursement that's being lost to help recoup that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a fascinating point. And, and certainly how the hospitals are responding to that um, definitely, you know, will be something that we're watching closely as well. Uh, from your perspective, are there any headwinds that you have your eye on? What are potential roadblocks or things that you're thinking about um, as you're developing your strategy for the future? Yeah, I, I think, um, well, there's a, there's a couple of dynamics that we're experiencing. I, I think the first is, uh, of course, the, the change in workforce dynamics. So it's, as we perform more complex procedures, we really rely on our, our experienced workforce and trying to maintain staff to be constant in the facility right now is very challenging. So I think we have to create a system to accommodate for that. And uh, I, I think we'll have to rely on technology to be able to bridge the gap. Uh, one of the things that I can speak of um, that just happened this week is, is just taking someone who's never been in our local market and trying to maintain the culture that we have in our hospital system of delivering excellent care and that patient experience, there is some uh, lead in time with trying to take people outside of our system and, and having them um, perform in a, in a way that is um, consistent with, with how our staff um, treat patients and, and um, maintain the quality of care. I think we could really leverage technology to assist with providing that consistency of um, of presentation to our patients. So I, I think the the dynamic um, change in workforces is one headwind that's been challenging. The second is as we um, experience uh, more diversity in the insurance space um, with delivering the same level of care to, to high volume uh, populations, we're seeing a need to address the value-based purchasing system and competing um, um, competing in a, in a manner that reclaims a lot of potential lost revenue. So a perfect example of this is the um, CMS structure that is in place that either rewards or penalizes healthcare systems their Medicare revenue every year and having to compete um, in our value-based purchasing programs. Um, of course, the value-based purchasing program, one of the domain scores that we look at intently is the patient and community engagement score. That is a score that is um, gauged completely on subjective HCAP scores. So um, in order to compete in those programs and reclaim that revenue that is at risk, um, we're having to 
potentially use technologies to really reinforce patient engagement. Got it. That's really fascinating to hear and think about. And and for sure, when you look through, you know, where value lies in healthcare and how you're measuring that, having the technology to support on your side and really tell the story of, you know, what's going well and, and not only the outcomes you're having, but the experience patients are having is so key. And I wanted to go along those lines too and think further through how you are looking at growth and adding value overall to uh, Tampa Cardiac Specialists, as well as BayCare and the other organizations that you work with? Yeah, I think there was a time where um, there was a lot of adversity between private practices and and hospital systems. And I think we are now seeing that um, we've got to collaborate, especially as insurance carriers are looking for um, reimbursing uh, as a package, uh, as, a, as a service package. And so we have to sort of lock arms with the hospital systems in providing high quality care in a cost-effective manner. So I, I think the way that we can assist in the um, overall delivery of care in helping making it cost-effective is by looking at exactly how much um, a typical service line costs to deliver care and, and try to cut down costs and work collaboratively in, in that respect. Um, so I, I think that's one area that I can speak of personally where we're actually looking at the bottom line as a service line of delivering an aspect of, of cardiac care and focusing on our consumables and how can we reduce that without compromising the level of care that we provide how can we look at hospital length of stay? So one of the, the huge advancements have been um, in the, coast, uh, the post-COVID era is how do we get patients home sooner? So how, how do we look at that ERAS component of not having to keep patients overnight and potentially expose them to more complications? How do we get them out of the facility sooner without, of course, compromising the level quality of care that we deliver. And then that um, cost savings can then be demonstrated to the carriers to show that we're an efficient system in providing high quality care at a, at a, a decent um, cost back to the, the insurance company. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it is really helpful to think about and think through and certainly where the health system is headed. Um, and along those lines, you know, when you're looking at value-based care, when you're looking at, you know, trying to solve a lot of the big challenges that are out there in healthcare, what is one investment or risk that's really important for organizations to make this year? Yeah, I, I think so to, to piggyback on those prior points. I, I think that inpatient facilities will need to look at the ambulatory surgical center market in either creating their own brick and mortar um, facilities or potentially going in as joint ventures with existing facilities again to to recoup the loss of revenue as the efflux of procedures move out of the inpatient space the second area that might potentially be a, a good investment strategy is, is looking at technologies that provide um, efficiency that allow that our staff to practice that top of license 
I know in the, uh, to make a perfect example in the perioperative space, a lot of nursing staff are needing to do administrative work, making phone calls that are unnecessary. These are tasks that can be replaced with technology. So making that upfront investment in technology, predictive AI, that allows our staff to practice top of license without producing a lot of inefficiencies in how they, they deliver care. I think those are two areas that will be sound investments for healthcare systems in the future. I love it. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and definitely having that outpatient trend as we were talking about at the beginning, you know, getting ahead of it as much as you can within your market or wherever um, your hospital or health system is, it seems to be the, you know, very forward looking and thinking uh, strategy for organizations. Now, before we wrap up here, I wanted to get a sense from you about how you're thinking about growth and development in the future, both for yourself as well as the teams you work with. Yeah, I think um, for me, it's going to be um, looking at what I can perform as, as far as um, uh, procedures and um, chronic disease management, how I can manage populations more cost effectively and how I can use technology. I, I think what I've seen in, in my space, um, interestingly, is advancements in AI to help identify patient populations that might be at risk for um, readmissions, for instance. You know, how can we identify these um, high-risk patient populations and maybe preferentially provide uh, more closer care to prevent them from having to be rehospitalized? Um, I think that is going to be um, uh, more prevalent in in my own practice. I think identifying technology that helps me work less and more efficiently and helps my staff deliver care more efficiently, I think that is um, going to be more prevalent in the future in my practice and, and in my system. Um, paying more attention to patient engagement. I think this is something that has been greatly overlooked in the past. I think we were um, we uh, were assuming that our patients would present for care and not have the expectation of, of the experience of care. I think this is going to change in the future. I think as high deductible plans become more prevalent and there's more financial stake that, that go in the, in the patient's pie of care, I think they're going to be choosier consumers. And with that, I think they're going to have expectations of the, the type of environment in of healthcare that they want to participate in. And that makes that makes facilities and, and providers um, that pr creates more responsibility of maintaining an excellent healthcare experience. So I think that's where we can really leverage technology. I think we'll have to be um, spending more time assessing the patient experience. And some of this is built into the OACE caps and HCAP scores, but um, it's, it's fairly rudimentary in, in, their, um, in their metrics. So I think needing to create our own customized surveys to really tap into whether we're 
delivering an excellent healthcare experience, I think is going to be something that I feel I'm going to be participating in more as well. Fantastic. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, it is just really helpful to hear you talk through all those different trends and especially wrapping up with the patient experience element um, that really makes a big difference. And as you mentioned, being able to, you know, be on the forefront of that, especially as people have the higher deductibles and um, have more choice and are, are looking for selecting uh, providers that they can really count on and depend on for outcomes as well as the experience, you know, definitely want to have that set up uh, when that world arrives. So Dr. Makati, thank you so much for joining us today. I think this has been a really fun and interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks so much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.